Just how much can the Sabres count on Devin Levi going forward? Our final exit interview to put a complete bow on what happened last year and completely start to transition to next year. That's coming up. Levi next on Locked On Sabres. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome in to the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for hopping in with us today. Jody Biasi at Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter at Locked On Sabres and on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe us. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today on the show, Devin Levi. Lots of Devin Levi talk uh, on today's show. We will go through... Um, what he was last year, what he will be uh, coming up, and what you can count on for his rookie year. One poll that I put up at Lockdown Sabres that I can't wait to dive into. What's the right number of starts for Devin Levi in his first full rookie season uh, as he only got seven games in? And it's a pretty interesting results that I didn't necessarily expect, but I think a good poll and a good topic of conversation for a little bit later on. If you want to get involved in the show, Twitter, YouTube, best ways to get a hold of us. In fact, before I want to get to a little bit on the Stanley Cup final and then into the goalies uh, with Devin Levi. Before that, though, our last episode, if you missed it, check it out. Carter Hart, the main subject matter of uh, conversation and he is available for trade according to multiple reports including Darren Dreger that the Flyers are listening on Carter Hart and one comment actually the number one comment we had the first one was I think what you're missing somewhat is that the team defense was pretty bad I assume he means the Sabres that certainly needs some discussion in the end they need to sort this out fast for the playoff push I, I think the point there is it's almost a little bit of they're not, it almost doesn't matter what they do in goal if they can't figure out the blue line. I somewhat agree. They need one more really good defenseman. I think a lot of the improvement defensively is going to be internal. And honestly, I think that's just one individual. I, I mean, maybe Darlene has another step. Maybe Samuelson can get even better. It's going to be power. Their defensive improvement even more so than whoever they add. If they add Damon Severson, if they add, you know, uh, Dylan DeMello, if they add Radko Gudis, that will help. The biggest improvement this team will see on the blue line is Owen Power's growth. No doubt. We went through him uh, last week, and I think my main takeaway from his season was elite offensive contribution, elite transition contribution, and he was very poor in his own end. And I don't think that's going to be Owen Power for his career. I think the way he's built, you know, the frame, he's got to fill out a little bit more. He's got to mature a little bit. He's got to learn the NHL game a little bit more. I think year to year, that guy's going to become maybe not only great as a defensive defenseman in his own end, but he might just be downright dominant. And that is a huge difference from pretty bad. Let's be frank. Owen Power is pretty bad in his own end in year one. Uh, by the numbers, at least that's true. I think he could get too dominant, and that's where you're going to see the biggest growth. And maybe we see that even as quickly as year two. Um, that being said, I think 
goalie on this team will always be vitally important because they're always going to be risky. They're always going to take chances. That's what Don Granato wants to play, which means inherently the goalie position on this team will be harder to play than it will in, you know, St. Louis historically or Boston. Uh, it'll just be harder to be the Sabres goaltender, which means they got to put some emphasis in it, make sure they get it right. And, you know, maybe Carter Hart isn't even enough for you on that front. I think he'd be fine. I think he'd be a lot better than what they had with Eric Comrie and Uka Pekalukkanen. Is he better than Devin Levi? You know, maybe on the short term, but I wouldn't predict Hart is your number one long term. So I still like the idea, but feel free to reach out um, if you want on uh, on that subject. Uh, before we get into Devin Levi, the Stanley Cup final. A couple things I wanted to tackle on the final. We are, uh, today's the day. We're going to see... Right or no, one more day, one more day. There's going to be a day off. I think everything's screwed up because the NBA Finals likes to take days off, and the NHL. I think they don't want to do that, but they have to kind of follow suit. Yeah. So Thursday night, Game Three, Golden Knights at Panthers as the series shifts back to Sunrise, Florida, as an eight o'clock puck drop. A couple of takeaways I have so far in the series. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky needs to be way better, way better. Eight goals allowed on forty-nine shots. I mean, the Golden Knights undoubtedly have been the better team. They've kind of run through Florida through the first two games. In fact, look at the numbers at five on five, the golden Knights right now, shot attempts are, uh, well, actually no expected goals for no, not even that. Wow. I'm surprised. You know what? I read these numbers backwards when I wrote it on my little note sheet, I wrote it that the golden Knights been, you know, at 54% expectables for it's actually the other way around. I'm stunned by that. Wow, Florida is at 54%, expected goals for at five on five. Vegas is at 45%. Shot attempts are 107 for Florida, 88 for the Golden Knights. Um, the difference really comes when you go to the power play. That is the big difference right now. Uh, because if you include all situations, the Golden Knights go from four, uh, 50 or 46% expected goals for to 50.5%. So that's a big gap right now you're seeing in terms of the power play, uh, both the time and, you know, a couple of penalties one way. Um, but goaltending, even even though I was wrong on, you know, who had the better advanced numbers, the point I was getting to was the biggest difference in this series so far is Aiden Hills outplayed Sergei Bobrovsky. It's pretty simply put, Aiden Hill's been great, and Bobrovsky has been what you normally expect from Bobrovsky in the playoffs, eight goals allowed in 49 shots gets pulled in game two. That can't happen. He's got to be one of their best players. He's got to be the Vesna candidate, uh, the Vesna winner that we have seen in the past. Um, and he has not been that whatsoever. The Panthers, by the way, they're acting like idiots and that I wonder how much that matters here. Maybe they're not doing it really as much until the game's out of hand. They're doing it a lot when they're down four, nothing, but man, Matthew Kachuk, it feels like as much of an agitator he is usually, he's he's taken it a step higher to where, you know, he's getting misconducts and the refs are not afraid to toss him. I didn't think he deserved to be tossed, you know, for slapping the stick out of another guy's hand and then shooting a rat across the ice. But, man, if the refs are going to crack down on him like that, then he's he's got to stop. I had no problem with his hit on Eichel, um, but I think he's got to keep it a little tamer. You know, not completely because part of his game is getting in the opponent's head but he's got to be a little bit more tame and not get kicked out of these games. Um, so the Panthers, and that's all of them. Ryan Lomberg has been like that. Sam Bennett has been like that. Uh, Montour even. like These guys are running around like a, a headless chicken trying to just kill the Golden Knights at any given moment. 
And I think they need to they need to exit that a little bit and just play some hockey, um, especially when the game is close. Out of hand, you know, I get it. It happens to every team. Um, but that, Kachuk, he's got to be better too. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault is actually the favorite to win the Conn Smythe by a pretty wide margin. Jack Eichel is second at plus 300, and Marchessault is the favorite, minus 105. He is minus money to win the Conn Smythe, and that makes sense. He is second in the playoffs in goals with 12 in 19 games. The most amazing thing is that Leon Dreisaitl, who got eliminated 25 days ago, still leads the playoffs in points. Has anyone ever won the Conn Smythe without not only making the cup, not making the conference finals? Dreisaitl, 13 goals in 12 games. Marcia Show, though, is at 12 goals in 19 games, 21 points. That's three behind Rupin. It's one behind Kachuk, one behind Eichel. He's been unbelievable. Uh, I'm surprised a little bit that he's the favorite instead of Jack. Eichel's got more points, um, and he's been a much better defensive player. Not that, you know, Marsha Show has been bad, but Eichel's been a dominant defensive player. My, If I had a Consumite vote right now, I would vote for Eichel. Um, but I'm sure Sabre fans won't be too upset that uh, that he doesn't get it. Uh, time out here when we come back. Devin Levi, what was last year really? Let's break down the seven games, and then what to expect going forward. What's the right number of starts? For Levi in his first full rookie year. And I want to get to his Calder candidacy. There's a big roadblock, though, for Devin Levi winning the Calder trophy. That's coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage on their website. Look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply sneaky joe dibiase back here on the locked on sabers podcast devin levi our final exit interview for the season and he snuck in at the end Seven games played. Man, he really couldn't have played for the Sabres at all last year. That's an interesting question also in itself. If Northeastern had made the NCAA tournament and even gone deep into the NCAA tournament, Devin Levi would not have played for the Buffalo Sabres last year. And try to imagine how different reality would be if Levi hadn't dressed for the Sabres. I guarantee you we'd all be pegging him for Rochester. Whether the Sabres would, I don't know. I wonder how much that those seven games played into the Sabres' plans for him. I think they have to, some, if not even a lot. But for all of us, those that cover the team, those that watch the team, fans, um, I think we would be pegging him for Rochester if he had not showed up. So circumstance helped out a little bit. Levi is able to get seven games in. And remember, that was the run at the end. They they were trying to make the playoffs, and he really helped them out. He really came close. Five and two uh, was his wins-loss record in seven games played. His only loss being that loss that got them eliminated uh, against the New Jersey Devils. Um a 6-2 defeat. Levi let four goals in, a couple of empty netters at the end, 24 saves on 28 shots. But otherwise, 
pretty darn good. A 905 save percentage. That might not look good on paper, but I will say that the the advanced numbers, the better numbers, they really, really liked Levi, and especially when compared to the other Sabres netminders from the 22-23 season. So a 905 save percentage. But when you look at his goal saved above expected, Levi ranked 14th in the National Hockey League among goalies. that I set the minimum right with the games he played, seven. So 82 goalies in the NHL played seven or more games last year. Levi ranked 14th in goals saved above expected per 60 minutes. Goals saved above expected in general. Maybe the most amazing thing about that is even if you take away the per 60 minutes, he ranked 32nd out of 82. He saved 3.1 goals above expected. And that's, by the way, that's a volume number. He only played seven games. I mean, he had more goals saved above expected than Casey DeSmith who played 38 games. The other Sabre netminders, by the way, combined to allow 11 and a half goals saved below expected. Craig Anderson was just narrowly in the positive at 0.4 above expected. And the other guys, Lucanen and Comrie, were below five. And Levi got to 3.1 in just seven games played. He was unbelievable. The side-to-side movement, the, the athleticism on display, Go back into YouTube and just watch his highlight reel. I mean, he was making unbelievable saves. He's a fun goalie to watch. You really can see, too, how polished he is, how mature he is with his angles already, and that he is the, – the reason why I think, you know, I'm willing to count on him more than a typical 21-year-old goalie that has not played in the NHL more than seven games, has not played pro hockey yet. And while saying that, I know I'm still probably on the downside for his rookie year a little bit. Um, not to say I think it's going to go poorly. I think he's going to be great. I just, I guess my overall point in him that I'll get to is I think it's right to hope that he's a dominant goalie right away, but I don't think it's right to make it your end all be all. Uh, but I'll get to that a little bit later on. I think it's going to go well because he's a smaller goalie. Six foot is what he's listed at. Maybe he's even 5'11, 5'10. He's a smaller goalie. He can't just, Rely on his athleticism. He he can't be Lukanen, for instance, is big frame, and you hope that he'll eventually get better with his angles, get better with his side to side movement, get better at reading plays. Levi has to be well polished at all of that, or else he wouldn't be where he is today. He would never get there on his size alone. So the things he has to be great at to be great in the NHL, he's already great at, and that should mean that he's NHL ready as quick as anybody. Uh, which is why I'm open to it, and that I would put him in the NHL right away and have him be the 1A or 1B goalie, but I would not have him be the definitive one. So last year, the way he played gave the Sabres a fighting chance at the end there. They almost made the playoffs. To me, he did enough. The only way he's not the 1A or the 1B, in my opinion, I mean, it would take Connor Hellebuck or UC Saros. That's it. One of those two. And they are two of the best goalies in hockey. That's where we're at with Levi. I think it's fair to expect him or to hope that he is a top 10 goalie in hockey. Maybe it's right to expect he's the top 10 goalie and it's best to hope that he's a top five, top three guy. Uh, I think that's all in the range of outcomes for Devin Levi. That's how much he proved uh, in those seven games. But it's not just the seven games. It's not like he came out of nowhere. If it was seven games from an unknown guy, then, okay, you can't really take too much stock in that. It's the, it's the fact that he had those seven games 
after having the greatest college hockey career we've maybe ever seen for a goaltender. It was after those the World Juniors tournament he had two years ago. It was after he basically had one of the best development tracks a goal a drafted goalie can have. It was all building up towards this guy's NHL ready right away, and then he did it in a small sample size. So the next step, the next natural progression is he's with the NHL team, he's with the Sabres, he gets a good amount of games so he can prove it on a larger stage. Now, when we come back, I want to get to what's right for him, number of starts-wise, which we'll get into like who the best partner is for him, but how many starts is right for him? I put a poll up at Lockdown Sabres. What number of starts sounds best for him? 48 or more, 42 to 47, 35 to 40, or 34 or fewer. I did not let you vote for 41 because whatever 41 would have been in there, I imagine would have been the most popular vote. I wanted to make you decide. He can't play half. Um, but he's going to play either one more than half or one fewer than half, and then those certain ranges. So I want to get to that conversation and also his Calder Trophy odds uh, coming back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We Speaking of odds, uh, they're not up quite yet. They'll be up soon, I'm sure. Um, and I'll be very curious to see. Maybe we can guess at them. When you do look for those Calder Trophy odds, check out FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fat, fast break to FanDuel during the NBA and NHL playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat-first bet up to $2,500, $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook, Great promotions every day. The app is safe and secure. You get paid instantly the moment that you're uh, that you're that you know that you've won. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get a no sweat first bet up to twenty five hundred bucks. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. Jody Biasi back here on the Locked On. Sabres podcast. A lot of goalie talk lately. Let's continue on. Devin Levi. We talked about what he was last year. He was great. He was tremendous. How many games is the best to shoot for for Devin Levi in his first full rookie season? Put a poll up at Lockdown Sabres. A couple of different votes. 48 plus, 20, 42 to 47, 35 to 40, or 34 or fewer. The leading vote getter, to my surprise, I would have guessed the leader was 42 to 47. The leader with 49.9%, almost exactly as much as all the other three options combined, 35 to 40. Essentially, 1B. The way I kind of designed this poll, it's another way of asking, do you want him to be the 1? Do you want him to be the 1A, the 1B, or the 2? And most voters are saying the 1B. And that actually is where I'd be. I would vote for him being the 1B. I think that's a Carter Hart trade. I think that is, maybe that's a John Gibson trade. I think it could be, nah, Hellebuck, he's probably more of the two. Um, He's probably more of the two. But I like the idea of him being the 1B and providing him enough chances to take over the net, but again, not relying on him too. The pressure doesn't have to be on him. Hey, hey kid, if you, if you have some struggles at some point in your rookie year, you know, it'll be his first full NHL season. He played a college schedule last year. College hockey is different. College hockey, you play twice a week. You play in the weekends, and then you have your weekdays off. The grind is not nearly the same. NHL schedule, every other night, three times at four nights, practice every day, traveling much more often. It's a grind in comparison. How will he hold up? I think he'll be fine. I mean, he did it at the end of the year, so my guess is he'll be fine. But 
you know, what if he has a tough month? You'd like to have a Carter Hart there or a Marc-Andre Fleury. We'll go through those options on future episodes to, to again, kind of say to Levi, hey, you need you, you're struggling a little bit. You know, take a couple weeks, play once every once a week for a couple weeks. I got this. I'll hold down the fort until you get it going again. That could happen to a rookie goalie. The Sabres need to plan on that happening to a rookie goalie. And if it doesn't happen, great, fine. You're good. He could just play more. And Carter Hart can play 40 games instead of, uh, you know, 48. Or Fleury can play 39 games instead of 49. Um, I think it just provides you more options. I don't know why you'd want to run for more options. Um, I do think like the right number, by the way, like 38. Is 38 the right number? 38 versus 44. 44 for a Hart or a Fleury or a Anderson or a Corpusalo. I don't know. And 38 for Devin Levi. I, I like that idea. Even not, by the way, if it's Hellebuck, Hellebuck probably plays more like 50 and then Levi 32. It's fair to expect lesser results from Levi than he gave you in the seven games. It's just going to be hard for him to maintain what he did in those seven games in his rookie year. It would be him being one of the better goalies in hockey. It's not impossible. It's it's actually, there's a good chance it could happen. Um, I don't want to say, though, it's more likely than the alternative. I think the alternative is you'll see some slight regression with, again, the grind of a full season. Uh, maybe some other teams get some more film on him, figure him out a little bit. We did even see a little bit of that. The Devils did that, where... Levi attacks out on top of his crease and he takes away those angles. But what he leaves himself susceptible to is those passes in behind him for some tapping goals. Um, and I think maybe teams started to figure that out a little bit in those last couple games, the last two games, maybe teams start doing that a little bit more on him, figure him out a little bit more. I don't think you could figure him out entirely, but I do think there could be some regression for Devin Levi. Um, what would you take though? Out of, you know, I just mentioned he was 14th out of 82 goalies. Could he be 28th? 35th, because uh, I think those are acceptable outcomes um, where we'd still be impressed with Levi and still be good with him. What about the Calder Trophy for Devin Levi? What are his chances of being the rookie of the year? In my opinion, the only way he's got a real shot at winning rookie of the year, he's got to be choice one in that poll. He's got to play 48 or more games, and he's got to be great and the Sabres got to make the playoffs. He's got to be their number one, not even their 1B. I don't even know about their 1A. He's got to take over the net. Even if Hart's there, if Fleury's there, he's got to take it over, and he's got to lead the Sabres to the playoffs and break the drought. That's the only way to me he has a shot at it. And the reason why that would only give him a shot at it, this is going to be one of the hardest years ever to win the Calder Trophy. McDavid-like. Because Connor Bedard is going to be playing hockey this year. Generational talent, best prospect since McDavid. And he's going to light it up for Chicago. He's going to be unbelievable. 100 points, maybe, for all we know. And to compete with Bedard for the Calder, just even to compete with him. Levi's got to be awesome. He's got to play about 50 games or more. And the Sabres got to make the postseason. That's it. It's the only way he does it. But I will say this. I, and man, I mean, maybe I'm a little naive on this. I don't know the prospect pool, you know, as much as some other guys. We have Hottie Kalakash on for that reason because I don't know the prospect pool as deep as some others. My gut says Devin Levi is the only guy that can take down Bedard for the Calder. 
I, I don't know if there's another guy I'd point to that could do it. Like maybe someone's ready to tell me Yuri Cooley could do it. Um, you know, Mishkov, who's going to maybe fall outside the top 10 now in this draft class. If he shows up right away, could he do it? I don't know. Um, I think it's Bedard or it's going to be Levi. Uh, and that's, you know, maybe there's another goalie I'm forgetting about. Um, you know, Logan Thompson showed up out of nowhere for Vegas. That can happen. But sitting here today, it feels like Levi is the biggest competition um, to Bedard. He's got all the right, you know, tools for it. He's got some opportunity to take over the net. He's got a good team. He's got a drought. He's got storylines, right? And he's great. So all the components are there. His problem is just the competition. All right, that's it for us today on the Locked on Sabres podcast. For you everydayers, next up, we will begin diving into free agency. We are less than a month away from free agency. We just start breaking down some of these free agent options one by one. There's a this. I will say this. This is a deep free agency class, one of the deepest I have ever seen. And I think there are a lot of good options for the Sabres. I don't think they should do more than one. Like one signing, maybe two. But they have a lot of options. It's not like, well, there's one guy and 10 teams are competing for him. There's a lot of guys. But we'll start going through them uh, coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. At Sneaky Joe Sports, at Locked on Sabres, the YouTube channel. Check it out. Like and subscribe it. Um, and uh, we'll be we'll catch you next time here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time here on the show.